0: Alright, there we go. Is that okay? Great. Um, before we get started, uh, first we're going to open up in a word of prayer as we prepare uh, this new series talking about marriage. Um, first of all, there's a, there's a couple things that's going to be exciting about this series. Uh, today we're going to be talking about effective communication in your relationship. And then we're going to be dealing next week with the topic of sex. Does anybody know what that is? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you know, in the church, a lot of times we don't like to talk about that because that's one of those things. We're like, oh, no. But how do we know God created sex and God has a way? So we don't have anything to be ashamed about. We just need to make sure that we're honoring God when we do that. So we're going to talk about that. And then the third part of the series, we're going to be dealing with tips and we're going to give you some things that's going to help you in your marriage. These uh, series of messages will be not so much me preaching at you. But it will be more practical, applicational things that you can take with you and say, you know what, I am going to take this with me home so that I can have a better marriage. We're about building families here and we want you to be strong in your relationships. And I guarantee you today we're going to have a great time. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to uh, to learn and to grow in our relationships. I pray this morning, Father, that as I preach, none of me and all of you, I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us and that you would strengthen homes and strengthen bonds, Lord God. And, and Lord God, we need you, Father. You're the one that, 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 Lord God, created the institution of marriage. And, Father, we know that you're the one that's going to keep it together. So we praise you and we magnify you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get started, we have a video that we would like to show you.
1: Why is this so hard for you to understand? Dirty dishes go in the dishwasher. Not on the counter, not on the table, not anywhere, but in the dishwasher. Don't even leave them on the sink. I mean, you could build a rocket if you wanted to, but you can't get one simple idea in your head.
2: Look, just calm down. I'll do the dishes.
1: It's not about doing the dishes. What do you mean? It's
2: not about doing the
1: dishes. Why can't you understand? Well, it's always because you're not making it Excuse any-
2: me. I might be as some assistance here. I speak woman. Five older oh, sisters. That's so nice, oh, What seems to be the problem here?
1: He won't put his dirty dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, he leaves his dirty dishes on the sink. He leaves his dirty clothes on the floor. He just...
2: <clears throat> what she's trying to say is that it really makes her feel like dirt when she spends all day cleaning up the house doing the dishes, all that stuff, and you come back to make the place a mess. It's a real kick in the gut, as it were. Think of it this way. Would you go to your buddy's workshop, spend all day using his tools, and then leave them all over the floor when you were done? Absolutely not. And why not? Well, I appreciate him letting me... Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to. I mean, you know. What he's saying is he was clueless about the effects his careless actions were having on you, and he promised it to be neater in the future. As well as give you far greater thanks for all the work that you do. And he wants you to know that his heart is as full of love as it was on the day you were wed.
1: Wow. And another thing. I asked him, does this dress make me look fat? And he just grunted. How can I ever go out in public now?
2: Perhaps you'd like to give the gentleman another chance to respond. Fine. Dude, what she's saying is she's been feeling bad about herself all day. And that she feels ugly. She doesn't really care about the dress, she only wants to know if you still think she's hot and want to be with her. Well, yeah. (laughs) Hey, look, as long as we're doing all this talking, can you please tell her to leave my fishing stuff alone? Your husband is asking that you view like he does, fishing as his personal space. And although he loves sharing his life completely with you, he would like to have one little thing that doesn't necessarily have your influence.
1: I was just trying to tidy up a bit. I mean, how could anyone find anything in that mess? I would think he would appreciate my helpfulness, but if it makes him flustered, then everyone probably does deserve their own space.
2: She's saying she's sorry. She didn't mean to bother your stuff, and she'll leave it alone from now on. Hmm. Well, wait a minute. What about last night? I mean. I- I asked you would you mind turning the television off after all the kids were asleep. And? Ma'am, your husband is uh, referencing his desire for a romantic interlude. You went to sleep, and he perceived that as rejection.
1: Well, why didn't he just say that? He told me to turn the TV off, so I turned the TV off. I figured we both could enjoy the extra sleep.
2: She says she wasn't shooting you down. She just didn't know you were asking. Next time, tell her straight up. Pop the question. Hey, I can do that. Wonderful! You two are doing so much better. Remember, speak clearly and just say what you mean. And try to keep it in 25 words or less. Okay, one question. Can we go now? That was clear. Without wanting you to feel hurried, your husband is looking forward to an evening out with you and uh, realizes the time for the reservations are quickly approaching.
1: (laughs) Yes, honey, we can go.
2: (laughs) Finally. I mean, splendid. Splendid. Honey, I tell you what, why don't I go get your coat in case it gets cool this evening, and then we'll be on our way.
1: Can we call you if we need you again?
2: Anytime, ma'am. Anytime.
0: We're gonna need more minutes. Uh, how, how many of you guys or uh, gals could say that you could use that guy? Yes? But one of the things about communication, we talk about this thing of communications. It is probably the most important aspect as it relates to marriage. Would you agree with that? Yes. The ability to communicate with your spouse. It is a very difficult thing. You bring people together from different walks of life, different backgrounds, and having know we all bring our baggage along with us and all the experiences And then we try to come together to try to understand each other. I've been married now for 19 years. And I am still working hard every day trying to understand my wife and trying to communicate with her better. Because every now and then she says to me, you didn't understand a word I just said. And then there are those times, of course, when I'm sitting there and I'm watching, you know, my favorite game or something on TV. And she walks up and she wants to have this big conversation and she's talking. I'm I'm sitting there and I can hear words and I'm like, uh huh, uh-huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. And then she does this thing, you know what she does to me? She said, No, what did I just say? And yeah, that's basically what I do. Because the art of communication is extremely important as it relates to marriage. In fact, I like I was we was here yesterday sitting up at the church and I gave this away a little bit. But I like to say that men are like computers and women are like cell phones, like you said, analogy. You ever sit down at a computer, right, and um, <laughs> when you, sometimes when you put in too information and you hit that enter, enter button too quickly, too, too often, the computer have a tendency every now and then to freeze up. You get overload, And all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of, you have to reboot or you have to hit control alt delete because it was just, it couldn't handle what was coming in. That's how men are sometimes. Women are designed to talk like cell phones. Women, it's all about communication with women. Now, if I'm lying about it, women, you can let me know. It's all about communication. And how do you know men that cell phones can go off at any time? At the most inopportune time. And you know what? And the cell phone will keep on ringing until you pick it up. Because now, that's not to say that that's a bad thing. It's to say that men and women, women are wired differently. We think differently. We communicate differently. Men are stimulated basically by what they see. We don't have to have a whole lot of dialogue. You men know what I'm talking about. Women, you know, they want to talk. Can we have a conversation? Right, you know, right before, you know, you're tired, you want to sit down, and you want to relax. And see, Can we talk? Oh well, honey, I want to be romantic. I can tell you what my romantic, how to get my wife in the mood, is I start doing stuff during the course of the day. Boy, when I start doing stuff like doing the dishes. Picking up around the house. Little things like that. Or just sitting down and just having that conversation with her. Because that is her way of connecting. She connects that way because emotionally, that's how God wired her. And if, men, if we don't understand how that we are different when we communicate, you know, we're going to be oftentimes frustrated in our relationship because we don't understand one another. Words are a powerful thing. I remember growing up as a little kid. They used to say, one of the famous slogans was, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may what? Never heard. I thought that was only in the country that we did that. I grew up in the country. How I many know that is the biggest lie? The very reason why people say it is because words do hurt. And so in order to be defiant and to try to act like it didn't really hurt me what you just said, We say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. But they do. You can recover from wounds from a stick and a stone. You can recover from a busted lip, broken leg. But it could take a lifetime to recover from a thoughtless, cruel word. Words hurt. Words can be used to build up. Or words can be used to tear down. Communication. And see, and this is one of the things we got to understand when we deal with this aspect of communication is how powerful your tongue is in your relationship with your spouse. You can make or break your relationship by what you say out of your mouth. Not only what you say, but what? How you say it. Somebody had been praying with me this morning. Give me some. I'll give you some examples of poor communication. Just kind of a, by way of introduction. Poor communication, interrupting. How I many love to be interrupted when you talk? <laughs> Nobody loves that. If we're going to be good communicators in our marriage, we've got to come to a place that we don't interrupt the other person when they communicate. Another example of poor communication is stealing the topic away and making it all about some un- all about you or some unrelated thing. How many of you have ever been in a, in a discussion about what you thought was a caring issue and all of a sudden, and women, you all, y'all, gotta excuse me, you know y'all can do this pretty, you know, a lot better than we can. You bring up something that happened 20 years, do you remember 20 years ago back in 1965 when you did this? And you're standing there like, what are you talking, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's almost like we're saying, you know what, I got an opportunity now, I'm just gonna unload the whole truck. And the problem with that is it's counterproductive. Because what are we trying to do in our communication? We're trying to connect with each other, right? We want to make our relationship better. So if we're going to make our relationship better, we got to stay in the moment. Another example of poor communication is speaking in an attacking manner. Speaking in an attacking manner. Well, you know what? You always do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You never ever do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, we're not using our communication to build up. Now, I know none of you dear people have ever done that before. You you always, I'm talking to righteous people. I'm talking to the people of God this morning. Y'all have never done that, right? But how many know that when you speak in an attacking manner in your relationships, you're not helping this situation. In fact, you're making it worse. And you're living in an environment where you're very, very uncomfortable. How many of you, now, can we talk? Who used to say that? Joan Rivers. You remember Joan Rivers? I never really listened to her much, but I remember this favorite thing she used to say. Can we talk? We're going to talk this morning. Is it okay? We're going to have a real good talk about these things. See, if we don't have a healthy way of expressing your thoughts and your emotions to each other, a healthy way of speaking and being heard, then ultimately everything else will crumble if the communication aspect of your relationship is not right. I don't care what you do. I don't care how hard you try. Learning and how many know that communication is not something that you just just get all of a sudden. It's developed and it's learned. Because some of us, let's be honest, we come out of environments but well, we're used to abuse. We're used to bad and negative speaking. And then one of, the, one of the things we say to each other is, you know, one of the things we say to ourselves is, you know what? As soon as I get out of this environment, I will never, ever do that. I will never be like mom or dad. And this. I will never, ever. But then what happens? We find ourselves doing the exact same thing. See, that's the power of Jesus to break things. That's where you need Jesus to come in and to break that. I call it a curse. Amen. That's what it is. It's a curse. It's disrupting what God has joined together. And so we need to, we need to understand. We need to figure out how best can I communicate to my spouse in a way that is healthy and in a way that builds up. You know, oftentimes one of the things we got to guard against, and we're going to get to the Bible here in a second. This is Bible, by the way, and I'm going to show you in a second. But one of the things that we got to guard against sometimes when we deal with this issue of communication to our spouse is, you know, that sometimes after a while, you know, they say that when you date, you know, when you first meet your spouse, there are certain things you do. You know, men, you know, we treat, we treat them, we're trying to get them, but we do a whole lot, don't we? I mean, we open doors, we spend a lot of money. Boy, we go the extra mile. Why? Because we are trying to get them. But there's somewhere in there. It's like after like two, you get married two, three years. The kids come. A couple bad situations happen within the family. And then we, 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 if we're not careful, we can lose the art of how we communicate to our spouse. We can begin to speak sloppily or take things for granted. You know, things that we would have never said before, we find ourselves saying now. And one of the things that we got to always be careful about is that when we are communicating with our spouse, there always got to be a degree of respect. Why? Number one is because that person was made in the image of God. And just because you married him or her and you've been with them for 10, 20 years, don't give you the license to talk to them any way that you want to. God said that when we use our communication, it should be what? To build up and encourage so, so listen, when I'm talking with my wife, it's always going to be delightful in this sense. I'm always respecting her as a woman who is made in the image of God. And she respects me the same way because that's extremely important. So let's talk about this thing of the power of, t- power of the tongue. Look at James chapter. Go back to James, if you will, in James chapter three. And I want to begin reading in verse number four. It says, look, look also at the ships. All, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, watch this, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue, listen to this, is a fire. You know what fire does? It destroys things, right? Now, this is what he says about your tongue. He said the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature or our lives and is set on fire by hell. In other words, every evil communication has its origin in the pits of hell. Satan himself. Every evil communication. So then if he says that the tongue, even though it is one of the the smallest members of our body, it is the most powerful. That it says that the tongue, and this is amazing to me, that it can set your whole life on fire. It can destroy, if you let it, it can destroy everything that you have been trying to build. Everything that you've been working hard to build, you can destroy it with this little thing in your mouth called the tongue. So I want you to get this picture of how powerful this little thing is. It is extremely powerful. In fact, the scripture says that life and death in Proverbs 18, 21. It says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruits thereof. So guess what? You can speak life into your situation or you can speak death. You see, here's one of the things I do. When I'm at, at my other job, my full-time job, I'm a, I'm a policeman. For those of you who don't know, I'm a detective. I've been with the police department for almost 20 years. One of the things that sometimes I hear my colleagues, they speak about their spouses in a negative way. You know, like, man, she, I need to get away from her or, you know, or, you know, just, you know, nothing that is uplifting. And I always take the opportunity to say, well, brother, first of all, that's your glory. That's your wife. And when you degrade your wife, to me, you're degrading yourself. Understand that. When you degrade her, you're degrading yourself. So I choose to speak an atmosphere of life, not just within the context of my four walls, but when I talk to you you and anybody else, I'm speaking life in my marriage. I'm always speaking life. So you would never hear me go back and say, my wife is, she just, you yeah. know, even if she was rotten in some other ways, you wouldn't know about it. Not for me. Amen. Because I'm speaking life. Some get on the phone. Come on. And, and tell that person on the phone how bad he is how he didn't do this, how he didn't do that. And then we think, we're trying to figure out why my marriage is wrecked. Why am I having a difficult time in my marriage in my relationship? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So here's what, you, here's what we got to do. We want to create an atmosphere of life inside the walls and outside the walls. So that when people come into contact with me, when they see me out in public with my wife, look, I'm free and clear. They know that that brother, he, he's always Speaking life, life. Well, that's a good relationship. But you've ever been, I've been in situations at, you know, at work and guys will bring their wife into some function. And I, I, and I look at her and the first thing I think about it, all the bad stuff they said. And I'm like, man, it just don't look right. Just, I know in my heart that he's been speaking death to that relationship. Life. Speak life. Speak positive. Yeah, we're struggling right now, but we're going to come out of this. It's been difficult, but we're going to get better. I choose to speak life. You can speak, you know, how many of you can remember as a young kid that there were some things that were spoken to you when you were young that still affect you today? It would have been better for you to get a punch in the mouth and get stitches. At least you could have been healed of that rather quickly. But some people have said some things to you, have made comments and said words to you. To this day, you're having a very difficult time shaking it off. And so we have to be careful what we say to one another, what we say to our kids—not just our wife, but what we say to those that we're in contact with, because understand that what we say can set the whole course of their lives. So how many know we got to give a lot of care to that? Can you say amen to that? Amen. The Bible declares in James 1.19, You can turn there. I think it may be posted on the screen as well. If you want to read it up there, watch this. So then, my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear, but slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Now, how many know when God gives you a command, he gives you a command because he loves you, right? And He's trying to protect us. <laughs> Reminds me of an old saying that they said that uh, if you notice on your body, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Which means that God wants you to listen twice as much as you talk. Some of us, he give real, real big ears. I'm convinced the reason why God gives some of us big ears is because he's really trying to send us, a message, send us a message. You really need to be careful what you do with this. So every man be slow to speak. Slow to speak. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in situations at home with our spouse. Sometimes, you know, one of the things that we always want to do is uh, we don't want to be... Um, we want to try to get people to, we want to be understood. We don't want to try to understand, right? So here's what we do. We get in a, a, a tough situation and, and everybody want to prove that they're right. I want to, I got to prove my point. And so we're quick to do what? I'm going to start talking. Uh, you need to hear this. I'm right on this issue. I got, I've been praying about this. You haven't been praying. I've been praying. I know the Lord. The Lord spoke to me. Really? Well, if he spoke to you, he probably told you, be quiet. (laughs) I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to go there. Oh, Lord. Right? Let every man be slow to speak, quick to hear. I found that the most profound people that I know, people that are gifted leaders and people that head businesses and corporations are people that know how to listen. Know how to sit there and listen. You ever been in the presence of somebody and they just sit there and they don't try to talk. They just sit there and they listen to you. And you can tell. Doesn't it feel good when you're talking to somebody and you really feel like they're tracking with you? They're really trying to understand you. Can you think of how better, how much sweeter our marriages would be if we just talk? Tell me what's wrong. I'm I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen to you. And I'm going to seek first to understand you because I love you. So until I get it right, I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to say a word until you finish what it is that you got to say. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Give you an example of seven. This would be real quick. Um, Here's seven keys to effective listening. Number one, be patient and calm. You ever in your in your relationship? Watch this. I use this. Okay, I'm going to use you as an example. Okay, that's that's it. You fine. All right. Now, I want you. I want you to talk to me about just talk to me about something. Just talk. Start talking. I'm about to go in the hospital this week. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. All right, got that. All right, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, wasn't it? That's how some of us look in the spirit sometimes. <laughs> Somebody trying to talk, and we, we you, know, and you know, women love that undivided attention. Men do too. We just try to act like we, we, we want, when men, when we get ready to talk, we king, we the man. We want to make sure you're listening because the king is here. <laughs> <clears throat> Lion, see? King. But it's not the same. It's the same with men, anywhere. We, you know, it's one of the things that we, we cannot do, we, we have to learn to be patient and to be calm when we're talking to one another. And not, you know, because the first thing that the spouse does, whether it's a man or a woman, say, you, you ain't really there. You're not tracking with me. Are y'all learning to be better listeners now? We talked about this, but being present in the moment, we talked about that. We talked about when you're listening. Don't let your mind wander into other stuff about what happened last week, about what I got to do as soon as I finish this conversation with you. Because in actuality, what you're saying is not all that important. I got more important things, but I'll set through it. How many know that we can pick up on that when we're talking, right? We know when somebody is really listening to us. No, you know, we know it. One of, one of the ways that we can improve in, our, in, in listening effectively is ask questions. One of the things I do all the time my wife, I'll listen to her. And I just confess, not every time I have. Right? But I've had to learn. And I've been caught not listening. It's not a good feeling. Pastor? <laughs> one of the things I did, I, I'll listen to her and i say, okay. okay. So let me understand. And I'll go back and I'll summarize with her, with what she just said to me. What am I trying to do? I'm letting her know that I listened to you. Not only, honey, did I listen to you, but I want to make sure I got it right. Boy, now you're connecting. Now you're connecting. So the second part of that verse in James 1.19 says, be slow to wrath. Many of the bad conversations that we have is when we're in anger when we're mad. And some of you, and you know who you are. If this is you, just say, the Lord just rung my bell. Don't, don't get mad at pastor. Some of you got a short fuse. You know who you are. You just get mad at the drop of a hat. <laughs> 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 right? And so what happened is, when we get mad and we get angry, we tend to say things that we regret. And have you ever spoken a word and you just, uh, you try to get it back, but it's gone? When you, can, you see, you can speak something cruel and negative, and you can ask for forgiveness. A person may forgive you, true, but guess what? Their word still went out and a seed still was launched. Are you with me? It still went out there. So now you understand when it says be slow to speak. Now when you get angry, and you know who you are. When you get angry, you gotta come to a point where you say, I say, okay, I, gotta, I know myself, I know I get angry. When you find yourself starting to get there, then you need to do something real quick. Separate, take a deep breath, drink some water, go jogging, go running, so that you won't say anything that will be hurtful and harmful to your spouse. The Bible says in Proverbs 15:1, I love this verse. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word will stir it up. You ever been, we, we, I can be, I can be honest with you and say that there's, there hasn't been a time when me and my wife, was you know and I've been to what you know I've been to a bunch of domestic disputes. I know what they look like. I've been into them. when you drive up the you drive up the driveway, you can hear the yelling and the screaming and everybody is yelling. I haven't had that. I don't I don't get involved in that. I just just thank God. Because people get mad and when you get mad everybody just starts screaming at each other and how do you know nothing is getting accomplished. But here's what happens. When somebody speaks a word that could be inflammatory, maybe they said something, the boy, and they may have said it because they knew that it would get you. They knew that, boy, you know, I want to get back at them for what the, if I say this one thing. You have a choice at that moment whether to respond back or say, you know what, I'm going to give a soft answer. Now, a soft answer where it says that does not mean that you just lower your voice because you can lower your voice and still say something negative. Soft answer means that what you say is encouraging and it builds up. And you know what? And I'm not going to throw any gas on the fire. I'm going to put this. I'm not even going to let it get started. So so then how many know some of us need to develop some thick skin along the way? But we got to be careful because the Bible says the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Does not. If you find yourself getting mad and you say stuff, let me tell you something, it can ruin everything you're trying to build. Let's talk a moment about the importance of body language. I like to consider myself, researchers have found, by the way, that 80% of communication is nonverbal. 80%. Now, I like to say this, and and y'all understand me, Can can you indulge me for a moment here? I'm a, I'm, I'm a robbery detector, right? For the time being, anyway. I'm about to change, but I consider myself a great interrogator. In fact, if you committed a crime and I got a chance to sit down and interrogate you, I will have you eating out of my hand by the time it's over. I will have you confessing stuff I didn't even ask you about. You know why? Because I'm good at it. Now they teach you in the academy. When, or in training and different, they teach you how to study body language. Get a guy comes in, right? Sit him down. I know right off the bat, you know, he comes in the room. I can see the look on his face. He walk in sometime. You know, he start talking to him. It's like, whatever, dude, I, I want my lawyer I ain't talking to you. I know right off the bat where this guy, where he is, what I got to do. But boy, I get, but I get somebody every now and then to come in and sit down and they talk. And they sit down and it's like, uh, you know, I start bringing the accusation, here's what you did. It's like, and they just, they, they haven't said a word, they're just like this. Yeah. And I'm like, I got them now. They're going to talk. Body language. Oh, honey, can I go golfing today? Sure, go ahead. Have fun. She didn't mean it, did she? Honey, you know, I really want to go on that golfing trip with the boys at Hilltop, you know, in South Carolina. Is that what it is, Hilltop? It's Hilltop, right? Hilton Head. Come on, walk with me. He, come on, that's right. Hilton Head. How can I get that wrong? And she says, Sure, go ahead. Hope you have fun. And now, if I'm totally insensitive, if I don't pick up on her nonverbal cues, I run up by the thing. <laughs> Get on the phone and come on, oh, boy. She said, yes. And she's sitting at home like, unbelievable. I can't believe he would even ask me that. But you thinking you want. And then you come out from the golfing trip. See, I'm speaking from experience. Y'all bear with me. <laughs> she mad. <laughs> Where's the food? No. Where's f- <laughs> <laughs> Where's everybody? Gone. <laughs> uh, honey, why are you snapping today? What's the problem? Well, she told you earlier what her issue was, but you didn't get it. See, learning body language. And, and now, now you may be tempted to say, well, you know what? I can do that, and it's, it's cool. I can have that kind of just tell my spouse whatever they want to hear. But let me t-. but see, you're not right to do that either. Because when there's an issue, if 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 he says, "Honey, are you mad at me?" and I'm using the man because you know I hope y'all men don't mind. Honey, um, are you mad at me? Then you, if you're mad at him, what you should say? What what should you say? Yes, I am. Oh, I'm, I got a problem with this. That's it. See, that's being honest and open. But don't send a mixed message. Don't say, "Honey, it's okay. I'm good. You can do it." And then come back. We got an attitude. What where did that come from? You should have told me what up. (laughs) Right? Uh huh. That's okay. But see, we got to be honest in our relationship because if we don't deal with it, it's going to come out in other ways. This stuff has a way of attaching itself to other stuff. And then all of a sudden, you got all kinds of issues. You're trying to figure out where did this come from? And and you're totally missing it. That was all about that one time you said, go to that golf trip. She was mad because a whole week she had to take care of those kids. Uh huh. She had to do all of that while you're out having fun. Some of the guys sometimes say to me, "Man, come on, I, say, I can't do that. Bro, I can't go." And I've been wanting to go on the garcher, and finally, my wife told me I can't. I've never been because I, I never had really the guts to ask her. That. I because I got four kids. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I just can't get my. I mean, I try, honey. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I get? It? And I can't do it. I. Honey, I need to ask you something. Oh, can't do it. Cause I know, I just can't do it. And she came up to me the other day. She said to me, "She said, honey, if you want to go on that golf trip, you can go." <laughs> Cause I just kind of mentioned it to her, you know, just kind of, you know, just, There you go, Threw it out there. And she said, well, "You can, you can go." And then I said, "No, you don't mean that, she said, know, oh, for real. Go ahead. Have... No, you don't, you don't really mean that. No, you don't mean that." She said, "I'm serious." Go ahead. But you know what? And I felt like I really believed her because she knew that I cared about what was important to her. See? And I picked up on it. All right. We're going to finish. Can I have five more minutes and we're done. Five minutes. Right, you can put me on the clock. All right. You, you can put me on. OK. Ready? Five minutes. Ago. All right. So tips. These are quick tips I'm going to give you and then we're done. Tips to good communication. Number one, don't send mixed messages. We said that, right? Speak honestly. If you got an issue, say, honey, I got an issue. Can we talk about this? Don't hide your feelings. And Women, it is not cool to not express yourself when your spouse asks you a question about your emotions. Just tell us the truth. We can handle it. And we should handle it. We have to handle it. Secondly, plan. Plan what you're going to say. Proverbs fifteen twenty-eight. Do we have that? Sister do we have that as one of the verses? Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. So here's what we need to do. So, you know, a lot of times before, when I got a hot button issue I need to talk with my wife about, oftentimes what I do is I rehearse what I'm going to say. Now, remember, we talked about how powerful your words are. And you want to make sure you say things right. And in communication, we said it before, is very, very tough. But if you're sensitive to certain things, you can pick up on it. But one of the things I've learned to do over the years is I plan what I'm going to say to my and how I'm going to say it. I'm driving on the road sometimes, and I can talk to my wife, and I can tell she had a rough day. She ain't told me. I can just tell by the tone of her voice she's struggling. So I'm already in that mode of, okay, here's Gary. Here's what to expect when you walk through the door. And so I'm already, I've dropped down. I have no guards up. I'm not ready to fight. I walk in the door. I'm like. What's up? I'm ready to take. Give me your best shot. Now I'm not saying that to her verbally, but I'm letting you know I understand. I understand what you've been going through. You had a rough day today. But when I when I want to talk to her about something, I actually rehearse it. Okay, here's how I'm going to say it. You know, so that I can make sure that I don't slip up and say it the wrong way. Because sometimes I mean you tried to say something, and you couldn't get it out right, <laughs> and it just kind of came out like blurp. <laughs> it's like oops. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> So communication is learned and developed, right? right. It's a lot. I mean, you really gotta practice this thing. Mm -hmm. But it is extreme. But if your tongue is as powerful as it is, we gotta give care to it. That's why that's why Jesus said, Don't don't be quick to open your mouth. Shut up. Shut up. Look at the name and say, shut up. Timing is very, very important. You know, it may be the problem was not that the conversation shouldn't have been had. It was just the time that you had it. See, it's not good at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night after your spouse have had a long, long day that now you want to sit there and talk, let's talk about money. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? <laughs> well, we need to talk about this before we go to bed wait a minute, no, honey, it's not the time for that right now. But we need to develop, and I was kind of exaggerating just a little bit, but you understand what I'm saying? Timing is important. It's not sometimes what we say. Sometimes it's just the fact that, you know what, we need to have the conversation when somebody is not overstressed, you know, they're not going through it, you know. Sometimes we get frustrated with all the different things we got going on during the course of a day, and we got to make sure that we don't come in at that time when we shouldn't and be trying to have these kinds of conversations that we know that it's not the right time to have. So you got to have proper timing. Number four, I think this is the fourth or fifth one, encourage. How are we doing on time? we got another minute? Encourage one another. Ephesians 4.29, do we have that? Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So every time I open my mouth, you open your mouth to your spouse, it should always be encouraged. Well, you don't understand. You listen to what you don't know what he said to me or what she said to me. I, 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 that's cool. But I, the word says. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. They said some horrible and it hurt. Got that? But the word says. So you don't have a license to fire back at somebody. Because they fired at you. He said, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. So every time I speak to my spouse, I got to be always what? Building up. If I can't build up, shut up. It's better to shut up. Or if some of y'all don't like, shut up. Okay, be quiet. Is that better? (laughs) Right? It's to build up. So every time I communicate, we need to be building up each other building up. I'm gonna, every time I talk to you, know, I'm going to say words that's going to encourage you, that's going to inspire you. I'm not going to rip you apart. Can't do that. And then, lastly, after you had a nice conversation, two things. You need to reaffirm. You now, if you had one of your, I call them, I don't call them arguments. I call them, uh, what's the word I use all the time? Um, uh, spirited discussions. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> spirited discussions. So after you had one of those spirited discussions with your spouse, then reaffirm your love for each other. And that really was not about, you know, a lot of times the stuff that we argue about is surface stuff. It really is not about, you know, that. And sometimes we lose sight of what's important in our relationship. Then we just need to come and just reaffirm. So no, you know, honey, I love you. You know, the Bible said don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So try to work the thing out before you go to sleep. If you gotta talk, sometimes me and my wife would talk at two and three in the morning. Cause I'm determined. I can't go to bed until we make sure this thing is worked out. I gotta fix this, cause I can't sleep. Now my wife on the other hand, don't tell her I told you this. <laughs> she, she gone. How can you sleep? But <laughs> we when she ready to go to bed. She's going to bed, done still, and she's out. Don't tell I said that, but, but (laughs) yeah, I (laughs) know it's on video. All right. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) real, real, y'all stop. (laughs) Reaffirm your love for each other and, and, and keep at it because one of the things we, as we talk about communication, in our relationships, you know, in military language, one of the things they love to do is, uh, when they go into war, they try to cut out or snuff out the enemy's communication capability. They try to, if you're United, you know, United States, you remember going over in Iraq, yes. how we went blow up all this, so they couldn't talk to each other. Because if I can disrupt the communication aspect, right. then I can, you know, it, you know I, 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 I got it. I mean, I'm, I, I've won. See, when your communication stalls in your relationship, your relationship stalls. So you got to keep at it keep communicating. The minute you that we ain't talking no more, then your relationship is it. It ain't going nowhere. Keep working at it. Marriage is a lifetime commitment, and you got to work through a whole lot of stuff. But if you practice some of these things we talked about this today, I listen, I'm telling you your marriage will increase and get better 50-60% if both parties decided to do this, to utilize these principles that are based on the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Every eye is closed.